Welcome to the Ultimate Coach Podcast, Conversations from Being, inspired by the book, The Ultimate Coach, written by Amy Hardison and Alan Thompson. Join us each week with the intention of expanding your state of being, and your experience will be remarkable. Remember, this is a podcast about being. It is a podcast about you. To explore more deeply, visit theultimatecoachbook.com. Now, enjoy today's conversation from B. Welcome back. My name is Philip Bartu. And out of all the extraordinary stories in The Ultimate Coach book, one of them really stuck out for me. It moved me to tears. And many people have the same experience that I've spoken to. This is the story of Byron Applegate. And it's the kind of story that if you hear it, you would almost think, did this happen for real? Byron, I'm so delighted to, for you to be here today. Thank you for joining us. Uh, absolutely. It, this is my pleasure. And I agree with you. It, <laughs> is this for real? That's something that would go through my mind if I was reading it too. Like, is, is this a Disney episode? Or like, did, where does this come from? Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. And um, yeah, I just want to start before before we jump in. I want to acknowledge you for what it took for you to be here today. I know that being on podcasts is something you've never done before. And the story has been held very sacred to you. And outside the book, you haven't really shared it with uh, with anyone. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, you know, it's just really sensitive. I mean, it's 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 magical, but it's 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 sensitive. It it shows my me at my most vulnerable point, and mm-hmm. um, to even say or acknowledge to ourselves that hey, I've had suicidal thoughts. Not not going to lie, it's almost embarrassing. Like really, you thought about killing yourself? But man, it was a dismal time, and. Uh, I, I haven't shared this. I don't, I don't, I haven't told my children the story. Um, my closest family and friends, I haven't told the story. In fact, uh, when Alan Thompson reached out to me asking me to share with him uh, my experiences with Steve, this is what came to mind. And so I, mm-hmm. you know, I shared what I thought was um, very poignant in my life, a, a huge obviously um a huge time in my life a, a huge um yeah. event if you will mm-hmm. so when when he asked me to share it and i wrote it i'm not kidding you philip i cried like i i couldn't write it without crying i couldn't edit it without crying i couldn't reread it without crying when i sent it and amy came back to me uh amy is steve's wife um when she came back to me with edits i when i read it again i cried and yeah. getting ready to talk to you, I read it again, and I was like, "Oh, for the first time, I could read it without crying." <laughs> so, well, that's, uh, that, that's so that's so beautiful. What, what is it that made you accept the invitation to be here today? You, you, um, the the conversation that we had, the energy that you put out, the 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 fact that I feel and felt not only safe with you, but a responsibility to do this because mm-hmm. of who it might help. And so kind of putting some of my own guardedness aside, because I think it's the right thing to do. 
Mm, that's beautiful. Thank you for saying that. And I'd like to start by hearing that story again. And maybe you can just give us a reminder, because if you haven't read the book, uh, go and read the story first um, before listening to this. It's uh, And at the same time, um, I want to hand it over to you, Byron. Uh, take us back to, it was just a few months before 9-11. Yeah, it's what it, it's just a few months before when things are great. Yeah. Right? And that summer was man, I thought I'd arrived. Mm. This it, it was everything was clicking, right? Like yacht shopping, had net jets fly in a a, a plane, and all this stuff going on, you know, the the valuation of the company, everything was just clicking and then it didn't with 911 I don't I'm not a I'm not a victim to 911 I'm just saying that in that moment was financial disarray uh we didn't know what was going to happen right and then uh, the not knowing is is uh people don't know what to do I mean if you have information you can make a decision but if you don't have all your information it's hard to make a decision so in our business where we collected bad debt um uh, we didn't know whether or not people were going to have the, the resources to to pay on that. So our things started spiraling out of control with um, the aftermath of nine eleven. It, it you know it, it wasn't it, it wasn't. Um, I see. I I guess I was being very reactionary. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably yeah. the right way to say it. I, I I wasn't being proactive. I wasn't following a plan. I was trying to keep from going under and what i understood from the story is you were also in denial about your the dire situation of your finances and just trying to get loans to keep things afloat yeah do do you want me to tell a little bit of that yeah yeah share a little bit about just just to kind of paint the story yeah paint a bit of the picture sort of where you were at when 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 all of that was going on so there was a the time before the experience with Steve, and I think we're going to talk about that. But um, the the reality is that I started borrowing money at a huge velocity. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, putting money on uh, huge cash advances on credit lines, blew through a half a million dollars in about two months of my own money went through about another million dollars of, of, um, credit lines over the next two or three months and, um, was doing everything I can to just keep my business afloat and keep offices open. And, um, I started drinking a lot and, and I wasn't really a big drinker before, uh, but I started drinking a lot and I started working through the night and I just go to the office, started keeping vodka in the fridge at the office. And, um, just trying to find a way to keep the business afloat. And I, and I was, um, started having really weird thoughts. I don't know what, what, where they come from. That's actually a decent question to think of where do these thoughts come from? And maybe we can drill down on that later, but, um, you know, drive down the road and I, I'd think if I just yanked the steering wheel to the left and, and, and hit, whether it was, you know, go off that cliff or hit that car, or hit that pole. I started thinking that 
just eat, just just pull hard and this is over. And that thought would pop in my head. And I'd never had those kind of thoughts before. Um, but that started being something that was occurring for me regularly. Uh, and, and it was not something I was talking to anybody about. And I, um, well, then we've come to the dream. Do you want to, do you want to talk about the dream? Yeah, let's go there. Uh, so, so the, if you've seen, or, you know, the, um, a Christmas tale, uh, I think it's Charles Dickens where, um, you have Ebenezer Scrooge and he dies and you have the angel of death and that comes and Christmas angel of Christmas past and angel of Christmas present, those guys. Well, this night I have an angel walking me through the aftermath of my life or my family's life after my death. And as this angel and I are, or guide and I are walking through my life or, or my, my children's lives and my wife's life, because I'm not there and seeing how their life looks, um, realizing the mess that I'd left them mm-hmm. and knowing that it was my fault knowing that they were uh, living in a different existence, like small, small town. I, I remember one part, one part of the dream specifically I remember is seeing my son Hunter playing baseball on a little dirt field in a little small town in Utah. And there's really nobody in the stands, um, but you know, my wife and my daughter and thinking he's never going to have the opportunities because he doesn't have me. I'm not here to help him have opportunity. And it was my fault. And um, in the morning when I woke up, if you've ever had a dream where you, when you wake up and you're not sure. There's, there's a piece of the story. I just want to make sure that is clear. You say with my angel, who was it that was there in your dream? Um, I'm, I'm going to tell you in a second, if that's okay. Cause yeah, I think sure. there's, a, yeah. there's a timing to that. Like everybody knows, but it, this is really poignant for me, if that's all right, that I wake up feeling that kind of foggy feeling of, you know, yeah. when you're kind of caught between dream world and real world. Mm-hmm. And, and I remember I, I stood up and I went out and just opened the door to go out into the pool from my bedroom and fell in the pool naked. And I'm just floating, kind of looking at the sky thinking, what the heck, what, what was that? And my wife came out and she has her, my robe and she says, Hey, you might want to put this on. Um, Steve Hardison's here. And I go, what? And she said, yeah, he's in the living room. So I get out of the pool naked, which is right in front of the um, living room, by the way. <laughs> and I put my robe on, I walk in, I come out and I see Steve and, and anybody listening to this who knows Steve knows that he's going to give you a big old hug. So here I am naked in a robe and Steve gives me his big old bear hug. And, and I just said, Steve, what are you doing here? Now, you know, keep in mind, Steve has never been to this house. I've known Steve for 30 years, but he'd never been to this home. And he said, I've been with you all night. So the answer to your question, Philip, is it was Steve Hardison. Hmm. And I started to tell him about my dream. And he said, I know. I had the same dream. And as weird as it is, 
as magical as it is, as sci-fi as Star Trek or whatever you want to call it as it is, we've had the same dream and we've talked about it since. Um, It's just a magical moment where somehow he and I had this dream and he was my angel and he was there to walk me through the aftermath. Yeah. And I'm still in complete awe with that story. That's just so so divine and so beautiful. And what happened after that? I think the choice of words you just had was really spot on. You know, it it was divine. It was divine. You know, how is that yeah. how is it that we're all connected? You know, what is that? Where, you know, people have different religions or thoughts and, you know, theories about how that all works and not to really jump into one sect or another. I'm just saying somehow we are all connected. And, and in that moment for Steve to be connected with me mm-hmm. in a way that he would not just share the dream, but when, what he told me was when he woke up, he knew that he had to save my life. Yeah. So in that moment, would you say you experienced that connection that you felt you were connected to something far greater? Did that, did that, is that something you experienced? In that moment, I wouldn't say so. In, no. in, in, in the aftermath, I would say yeah. I've experienced it a lot. Right. In that moment, just keeping in mind, I was in a really dismal place. In fact, one of the things Steve said to me as we're sitting there on the couch talking is, um, Byron, you're already bankrupt. You just don't, you know, you're just in denial. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I, I, I wasn't sure if I should be offended or enlightened. <laughs> it was a little bit of both. But realistically, yeah. that, um, as I look back on it over the years, yes, I see like, Whatever you want to call God, I call God, God. Mm-hmm. Save my life. Save me for another day for a reason. And Steve got to be the angel. I, I, I think if you were to ask Steve, he probably would tell you that it was, um, he, he feels blessed, you know, that to be yeah. able to be called on for that, to be the, maybe the conduit that yeah. that came through. I don't, he certainly doesn't have any, any ego about it. And it was, and neither do I, this isn't, you know, like when you asked me to do this, I said, as long as this isn't really about how great I am or how great Steve is, yeah, because that was such a a moment of bigger than that. Yeah. These two guys. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the word that comes to me is divine intervention. Yeah. Like something greater of the essence of divinity created an intervention that stopped you from committing suicide and living. I, I think you packaged that correctly. I, I like the way you put that. I think you're yeah. right. It was divine intervention and it was to preserve my life for another day and maybe to teach me and, and now yeah. by us sharing this, maybe teach others. Yeah. So from that experience in your life, how, how is your life like the day to day? What's, what do you notice that you're, or if anything at all is different or 
that you're more sensitive to from that experience? Uh, one of the, well, let me tell you that I did end up declaring bankruptcy and going through that process. And before bankruptcy, it feels like death. You're going to lose everything. Mm -hmm. There's certainly ego attached to going bankrupt for anybody. Yeah. Um, and, and on the other side, so there's still a struggle, right? I, I, I had to get through that time of my life, but on the other side of it, I realized that bankruptcy was just a, it's just a word and it's mm -hmm. just an event. Yeah. And, um, you know, I sleep in the same exact bed with the same mm -hmm. exact woman and I paint the, and I, and I pet the same exact dog. The only difference is I don't know all these people and yeah, I don't have the same house and some of the stuff I had had to go away. It, it, it was yeah, kind of the um, birth, if you will, mm -hmm. of realizing what's really important in life and getting like, get, get over money, mm. get into relationships and experience and savoring life and being full of a lot of gratitude. I remember the day my bankruptcy was discharged, how I felt like I just lost a thousand pounds of all the pressure of the world off of me. And mm -hmm. I remember like even since then, like you asked me about, you know, what it's like now, even anybody who comes to me for coaching or advice or mentoring, one of the first things I tell people is if you want to know how to handle stress, start with gratitude. If if I would have been in gratitude, I wouldn't have been suicidal, but I wasn't yeah. in gratitude. I was in denial. I was in resistance. I was in ego. You know, I, I hadn't learned, but I was, I was blessed enough. I want to choose that word carefully because it really was a blessing that someone would save my life and help me learn so that I could still be here and, and share it with someone else. You know, I'm also just hearing the lightness from that in losing everything, how you you can lose all of that money and all your possessions, but you can never lose the essence of who you are and who you are being. When Who are you being when you start to, to notice that? Like, what were the shifts that you started to experience at the level of your being? Well... To, to start with, there was the event. Mm -hmm. And um, th those of you who know Steve uh, or have worked with Steve, you you'll know that Steve's really big on commitment. In, in fact, if you hire Steve, he charges what he charges to make sure you're committed. His, it's it's not about he's trying to be expensive because he's not. It's, it's not even that he's flamboyant or, or something with money because he's not. He, he wants you to be committed and he committed. He, he, he sat with me that day and said, listen, I need you to give me your word on something. Now, having worked with Steve, I understand what that means. You better be willing to die for it. Don't you dare give Steve Hardison your word and not keep it. Uh, he used to say, if you have an appointment with Steve, he used to say, um, uh, if, if I'm not there, I'm dead. <laughs> and if I'm, and if I'm late, check the obituaries. I mean, he's serious about keeping commitments. Mm -hmm. And he said, I need you to give me your word. You're going to call me before you kill yourself and give me a chance. And um, I gave him my word. And that's what saved my life. 
Honestly, it was in that moment, not even the yeah. dream. Yeah. Because I knew that I, I wasn't going to make that call to Steve Hardison. And, and then he said, I need another, I need you to make another commitment to me. You're not safe to drive. So you don't drive anywhere for the next week and maybe two, but I want you to go anywhere you go with someone else driving. And if you don't have a, somebody to drive you, then you don't go. And again, I gave him my word. And again, that's what saved my life. Um, I think I, you know, I don't remember how much I said in the book, to be honest, but um, just reconnecting with people and saying, Hey, come give me a ride. And this goes back to where you're saying, asking about being, you yeah. think about this. I, I call my little sister who's eight years younger and say, Hey, can you give me a ride? And I live a mile from my office. She lives 10 miles away. Mindy, can you come pick me up and take me to my office? Sure. Why? What's up? I'm not safe to drive. Yeah. And then, then, she, then you have to share with your sister and talk to her about what's really going on and other friends and other people. And so that commitment made me connect with others. And I think that goes to what you're asking about. Yeah. Being. Where am I yeah. at? I'm, I'm being connected with people. Yeah. Well, it forced you to get out of isolation and be in connection. Yeah. And it's one of the reasons I said yes to doing yeah. this. Yeah. Can we connect in a way that someone hears this, whether they're really, whether they're suicidal or not, isn't even the question. Yeah. Do you need to get out of your own head? Do you need to get out yeah. of your own fear or pain or whatever to and connect with people? Yeah. That's, that's so beautiful because it, people that are listening to this, you know, they don't need to be suicidal, but I think a lot of people can relate to what it feels like to feel like you're, you've got the weight of the world on you. And I know looking back in my life, when I was 29 years old, I had a restaurant and it was, um, it was a time when I was, you know, very successful on the outside, but very, very, um, extremely stressed and very, very committed to looking good and surviving and just trying to, just trying to make it really. And then that, um, yeah, I had a seizure and was forced to close the restaurant and I separated with my girlfriend who we'd, we'd been together for nine years and it was the letting go of the two things I cherished the most and I was most afraid to lose that allowed me to access the, my biggest liberation and I felt so um, so free because I was no longer attached to the very two things I was most attached to. I'm very, very confused and was still, even though, you know, I was met with a lot of pain. Um, but ultimately, it gave me such a sense of freedom. And it opened me up to then explore and connect with, with the world in, 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 in a way that I, I, I was so just caught up in, in the busyness of life before that I hadn't, hadn't even realized how isolated I had made myself be. And and um and I think that's something a lot of people can can relate to because it's almost like socially acceptable to be always busy, but at the same time, like that busyness becomes a way of being that creates really it, it, it affects your listening, it affects your presence, it affects your ability to just be in life. You know, so it's that's, interesting because yeah. you, you, I, I know you shared with me once about the restaurant, but I, I you just said something that kind of made me think. It's a very social business. You were in a restaurant 
slash bar, right? It was both. Didn't it have a restaurant and a bar? Yeah, it was very social. I was around people all day long. And yet you felt isolated. Oh, I felt so isolated because what I was the difference between it's actually the, for me, it was the highest form of loneliness is feeling lonely in a room full of people. It's, it's a different experience than feeling lonely when you're just by yourself. For me, yeah. it was, it, there was a superficiality to my profession, which really required pleasing. So, so what I, I just became very good at pleasing and it was the restaurant was a stage and I was an actor and I put on a facade and I was very, very good at looking cool, calm and collected when inside I was just hiding how stressed I was and how much fear I had about all the all the possible things that could go wrong. I was always thinking about the future and, and what everything I still need to do. And, and so it was just, it, it was a very um, confusing time for me because I felt like I had created all the conditions in my life that I thought I needed to be happy and successful. But I just felt empty, lost, and just really stressed actually just the whole time. And, um, and I was able to hide it. Like, you know, it's like this, I was functionally depressed. Like if you looked at me, you would say, this is a, this is a great guy. He's like, got, he's just like, I, I was in denial about how bad it was. See, I wouldn't even admit it to myself. And if you, if you would ask me, I would just tell you how great everything is. Yeah. But that, that's the level of self-denial and, and just, yeah, disconnection. So I, I think this is really kind of, a, I'm really glad you shared that because this is the, the place where the magic happened, happened in this story, right? And, and it's, it, it's supernatural, crazy, magical to anybody who reads it, including me and Steve. Yeah. And, and yet it happened. Yeah. And then your, your story where you, you built a successful business and a long-term relationship and yet you felt alone and stressed and isolated, but you didn't look like it. I, I think that at, at the essence of what happened for me was a, an, an eternal, if you will, or outside of our bodies, like where, however mm -hmm. it works out that our, yeah. that our spirits and our souls connect yeah. uh, intuition, where that comes from, um, something in that realm of where we connect is where Steve and I connected and I've known him a really long time. I think it's important to note that Steve and I were not like, we're not best friends. Uh, he hadn't been to my home. I think I said that earlier and he and I weren't really talking, but yet he would, I were connected in this realm to where we had this experience and he loved me enough to come over and, and be there with me. And I, I think about like, have you ever gone to a funeral? And, and uh -huh. after the funeral, you just feel like, man, you got your priorities straight. You see this person, maybe they were younger or, 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 or not, but, but more so when someone's younger that passes away that you think you're grateful. You spend a lot mm -hmm. of time in gratitude. You maybe don't rush back to work. You go ahead and go get lunch or dinner with your wife or who you're with. And you spend some quality time and you, and you just get your priorities straight because you realize that you've been on the hamster wheel. Mm -hmm. And you went to a funeral and you knew this person and 
all of a sudden you're like, dang, I'm so grateful for the people in my life. I'm grateful for my health. Instead of thinking I need something, you start being grateful for what you have, right? That's kind of a common experience with funerals. Yeah. And then fast forward, like, I don't know, 72 hours and you forget all about that and you're back on the hamster wheel. Right. That's happened to everybody, right? Yeah. Well, what do you do to stay connected so that you, Philip, don't become isolated? What do I, Byron, do so that... I stay connected with other people, maybe err on the side of vulnerable instead mm-hmm. of on the side of arrogant, which would be my tendency, uh, or, or err on the side of like, I got this, I'll do it all my way, you know, force versus yeah. faith, yeah. force versus faith, um, it, connected versus isolated, yeah, humble, you know, allowing, allowing the universe to bless you, allowing other people to help you, which is super hard to let other people help you. Yeah, those are the things when you say what what did it affect yeah. me? You realize we're yeah. talking about over twenty years later, and so what what does it affect me like now? Be grateful for what I have, mm-hmm. uh, and and be connected with the people I'm. If if you ask Steve who his favorite client is or or what is that he's working with, he probably would tell you whoever's right in front of me. Yeah, right, and something along that lines. Yeah, and you know can. Can we be that way? I think we're getting better. I'm, yeah. I'm getting better at it. I, I haven't known you that long, but I think you're good at it. It's really, can you be present to who's in front of you and really connect with the person in front of you? Because we are all connected. When we act, when we act isolated, like yeah. act, I'm saying act because somehow we buy our own bullshit and, and we get, we believe our, we believe we're independent. Um, when we don't and we become connected, there's so much beauty, yeah. love. There's yeah. helping there's, and, and then bounty comes your way as crazy it is, as it is that if we don't try to force it, things come, yeah. we can trust the universe. Yeah. It's being in connection versus being in isolation. Like as a distinction, most, for most of my life, you know, it wasn't, I didn't have that clarity of distinction and I just felt I had a superficial level of connection in my work. And, and it wasn't until I got present to the fact that I was living a life of superficiality and, and, you know, isolation that I could actually see there's another way. See, now looking back is connection is, is, is like the, uh, it's like the WD 40 of like, you know, everything in my life and in how I live. I mean, I have a, five month old baby and i tell you it's just like wow i can't imagine life without connection now and um and it's just uh it's just beautiful to just to be reminded of that byron and to also just acknowledge how you know the whole the whole experience of reading this book has been an experience of coming closer to home closer to spirit closer to this miracle that we can only describe as a miracle of of what happens when we start to experience ourselves as someone who is connected to everyone and everything. And then we start seeing that this miraculous ways of being that the book emanates is something that we all can be. And then it becomes exciting and full of possibility 
And that's what this is. That's what these conversations are designed to remind us of. Because we can forget, right? Yeah, it's like I said, you go to a funeral and 72 hours later, you're back on a hamster wheel. But boy, right after that funeral, you're so connected with whoever you're with or walk around the room and you hug other people that you haven't seen forever. And you're like, you want to connect. You say, hey, let's do lunch. And then you don't. Yeah. You don't go to lunch. You saw somebody you haven't seen in a year. And you're like, oh man, I miss you. I'd love to see you. Let's do lunch. And then you don't. I'm not, I'm not not the only person who's done that. And and so what I think is the, the, the magic that lasts is learning to, to say yes, maybe to a podcast. Yes. To lunch, actually find time when someone, when someone reaches out to you, you don't know if they're hurting. You know, think about that. Somebody's like, Hey, Phil, how's it going? Hey, you want to do lunch sometime? Like, dude, I'm really busy. You don't know. Maybe that guy really needs to see you. So say yes, every time you can Mm -hmm. And, and, and try to make room for people because people have made room. At least I can't speak for everyone else, but look, somebody went out of their way to come to my house and save my life. Universe went out of its way because I was too thick headed. Probably, you know, somebody else wouldn't need a miracle, but boy, I did. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just really grateful, Philip. I got to be honest. The fact that, that, um, that I got to have that experience and that I get to focus Mm -hmm. on who do I need to be. You know, when I write my goals down now, and this came, I'm just like everybody else. Yes. I've been a student of Steve Hardison's. Yes. I've known him for 30 years. Um, but, but really when the book came out, it made me start really looking at mm-hmm. who, who my being and mostly some, from some conversations with Steve where he's like, yeah. you read the book yet? Yeah. Did you ask yourself the questions? Did you read the back cover? Did you read the questions? I mean, you know, <laughs> and, and then read it again. And so I started doing that and looking at who do I need to be? And now when I write goals and, and I do, I have my goals before my goals, I, I ask myself the question, who do I need to be to accomplish this goal? And I actually write that on my, as I write my yeah. goals. Yeah. And if we were to look at this and say, you know, what, what are we doing? Well, we're connecting. That's right. I mean, you're 10,000 miles away and we're connecting. Yeah. We're sharing this with people. We've, we've neither one ever met and maybe won't to connect. Yeah. Yeah, that's what we're creating. We're creating just more connection. But we're also creating access to, yes, uh, I don't know what to say to that, like access to, there's a sense of um, like something much greater than ourselves. So access to, yeah, this word divinity that keeps coming back. And, and, you know, like after, after having been in conversation with you, and it's not the first time we speak, I had, I, I tell you what happened to me is I started becoming a lot more present to the synchronicities. I started to, um, remi- I was reminded about this idea of going from instant, in, like an inspired idea to action. So I would be, I, I started reaching out again to people that um before I, I would kind of talk myself out of and i'd be like oh i'm going to connect with this person and um and i did that right after us right, right after speaking to you and with two people it happened that they just said to me oh i was just thinking of you how how nice that you wrote to me 
And, um, and it was almost like that conversation just reactivated that we are all connected. And in a way, I was like, oh, that's nice. But as I, as I stopped to think about it, I thought, well, that's a miracle right there. That, that very person at the other side of the world was thinking of me that I wrote to her. And that started a new, that's just started a whole new conversation. And to me, that's, you know, that, that, that can look like that's just ordinary, but it's, there's, there's something extraordinary about that, that I, that I'm really getting present to. Not everybody knows who Wayne Dyer was. Some people are his fans and some people not. Most people know who Deepak Chopra is and they were friends. Right. And I shared this story with you, but, um, they were friends and Wayne used, there's a, there's a tape recording out there where Wayne is talking to Deepak Chopra and he goes, well, Deepak Chopra calls Wayne and Wayne said, or, or no, Wayne calls Deepak Chopra. I don't get it. I got it right the first time. Deepak Chopra calls Wayne and Wayne says, you know, I was just thinking of you. And Deepak Chopra's response was, yeah, I got your message in the field, mm. the, the infinite field. And yeah. that's, I think, the experience you had with your friend yeah. or the fact that I, I have in two hours from now, somebody's picking me up to take me to the airport. I was taking an Uber uh, and, uh, and I wasn't, I mean, I'm self-sufficient, you know, yeah. grown man. I know how to get there. I'll get, I'll get an Uber. And, and uh, my daughter called me, Hey daddy, what time are you going to the airport? And uh, I said, Oh, you know, four 30. She goes, Oh, do you want to ride? I go, no, no, no. I'll Uber. She goes, why? I go, well, no, because I'll Uber. You don't need to bother. You could rush hour traffic, blah, blah, blah. No, no, no. I want to take you. Scarlett, my, my granddaughter, Scarlett and I want to see you. Say yes. Hmm. Let them. Let them serve you. Yeah. Right? Let them serve you. What are, what are they going to get out? Instead of being so dang independent, yeah. let them serve you. And then what else is going to come from it? But other than the fact that I get to see my granddaughter, we'll just light yeah. my whole week up. Right? Yeah. But what about the littlest thing? Like yeah. Let someone serve you or yeah. be the guy who says, no, let me take you. Yeah. Because we get to connect. Our world makes it easy. We can do everything on phone, internet, you know, pick some social media. Uh, we can be self-sufficient and have food delivered to our houses and a car pick us up. But where's the human connection? Where's the need and, and need like, we all have needs, letting somebody help you satisfy your needs and then helping someone else satisfy theirs. That, that in tune place where we are all connected in the infinite field, again, yeah. whatever you call it, yeah, is I think how, is, is the only explanation I can give you for how that even happened. And then the magic, really the magic is now. Mm-hmm. I'm here, I'm alive, I'm sharing this and I'm, and I'm learning. I'm still learning. I'm growing. I'm becoming more based in love, based in gratitude, not based in things and based in accomplishments. I have more faith. I trust the universe. And in that moment back then, Philip, I was trying to make it happen because I was going to will it. I was going to force it. There was no allowance. There was, there was no faith. It was just me getting it freaking done. And in reality, I probably should have just stopped and, and let it go, but I didn't know how to let go. And, and, and that'd probably be a whole nother podcast, but learning how to let go, you know, you with your restaurant after, like, how do you let go nine year relationship or seven? Yeah. Nine years. 
nine, a nine year oh, relationship yeah. and, and building like building a restaurant. We had to have been like, Oh, and you wouldn't, you wouldn't believe you had. How, how many times I heard, you know, the voice saying, slow down, slow down, slow down. And I would just override it because so like seizure says, I'll slow your yeah, ass down. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I was just trying to make it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I think that's, I think that's ego. I don't of know. Course. Maybe ego is a it word, is. right? But, it, but that, it, that driving force. It isn't, you know, we identify with this isolated self that, you know, I need to push through, I need to do it. And, you know, and, and that, that, that creates, yeah, just a lot of, um, stress and isolation. Yeah. Yeah. This has been, this has just been an amazing reminder for me. Um, as you share your story, just to reflect back on my life as well and just how grateful I am for, you know, the way that you showed up today was so beautiful. The way that you shared so vulnerably and, and impactfully, I feel, I feel really moved um, by our time together tonight, Brian. So thank you for, uh, yeah, for for who you've been throughout this conversation. I really feel, um, I really feel connected to something far greater, and uh, that's so beautiful to feel. Um, for people who want to know more about you, or if they want to be in touch with you. How could they, how could they connect with you, Brian? You know, I'm not a social media guy. I just, mm -hmm. so if you look me up on Facebook, I think there is a page, but if you message me, I'll never see it. So my email is byron.applegate at gmail.com. Um, you can reach out to me. I, I'm happy to help anybody I can uh, or, or connect with anybody who wants to connect. Great. Well, we'll put that um, in the show notes. And um, Byron, we'll, we've come to the end of our time together and just want to say again, thank you so much for your beautiful contribution today. And uh, thank you for all the listeners as well who have been uh, listening with us. Byron, is there anything you want to say before we uh, before we complete this episode tonight? Yeah, I, I, I want to say, first of all, thanks to you, Philip, for being a man who wanted to instigate this conversation and share it with the world and gift to the world your the way you're putting your heart and soul into doing this i first of all appreciate and acknowledge you mm. um i also want to acknowledge steve hardison for being a man who is so not just like to say the word committed to people but to be committed to me in the way that he he has been and that he would show up not just at my door to save my life, but to show up in my life to save my life and to help better my life. And the gift that Steve has been to me, I want to make sure I acknowledge him um, because he has been one of the most influential people in my life. And, and the number of stories are, are, are countless. I also want to acknowledge Amy for all the hard work she put into doing the book and Alan Thompson for all the work that he did. Uh, it, it, what an undertaking. Um, and then I, I, I think I'd want to leave on being grateful for the couple of things I learned. I learned a lot about commitment from Steve Hardison. Mm -hmm. um, I, I know we're short on time, but I will tell you that I, 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 if I can really quick, a really quick story. Can I? Yeah, please go ahead. Um, there was a time, this is 20 something years ago when I, I asked Steve, 
uh, I used to wake up on Monday mornings and be really stressed out and, and, uh, kind of paralyzed. Like I, I wouldn't really get things going. And I, I asked him, do you, do you ever experience that? Like a, a paralysis of just mm-hmm. anxiety. And he said, Oh yeah. Of course I thought he'd say no. Cause I thought he was Superman. And I said, well, what do you do? He goes, well, I just look at whatever my commitments are and I go to work on them. He said, it, it usually within 10 minutes, we'll solve it. But a hundred percent of the time within an hour, if I just focus on doing my commitment, that anxiety will go away and I'll find myself in the zone and stuff will start happening. Mm-hmm. And I now have Monday mornings be sacred. Any of my family or friends who say, Hey, you know, let's get together next week. I say not on Mondays because Mondays I crush it. I go to work on my commitments. I get my week set up. And I, I learned to do that from Steve being like, turn to your commitment. And I, and I told you what saved my life was that he made me yeah. commit to him. Yeah. Yeah. So just that lesson in being committed. And then I, and I, I want to acknowledge him for that. Being, mm-hmm. Just helping to teach me who I'm being even now to reach out and call me and say, Byron, are you reading the book? And are you, are you thinking about who you're being? It's a book on being. And I'm like, no, it's not a book on being. It's a book about the ultimate coach. <laughs> and he's like, well, then you need to read it again. <laughs> you know, but to really yeah. get that, like who are yeah. we being? Yeah. And, and I, I want to make sure that whoever hears this, hears that. Yeah. That, you know, our so good. connection and who we're being is just really the essence. Yeah. Thank you for that story. That's such a practical, um, really powerful reminder. Come back to your commitment. Get back into action. You know, like honor your commitment. Don't identify with your thoughts and feelings and anxiety. Yeah. Sometimes I I don't know where all that comes from, but sometimes that stuff can really rack all of us, right? Everybody's been a victim of the the mental militia that, that is just, you know, what, what are they, Mm -hmm. what, what are they, uh, what's going on here? Like you can just be confused by the thoughts in your head. Yeah. Yeah. So thanks for having me, Philip. I really appreciate it. I, I thanks. I, I appreciate you inviting me to be part of your program. Well, hey, thank you, Byron. Thank you for joining. And uh, thank you again to all our listeners. You bet. Till next time. All right. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. If you know someone who would benefit from today's conversation, please share this podcast with them. Also, We invite you to visit theultimatecoachbook.com so you can continue your personal exploration of being. There you will find links to join our wonderful community, get your own copy of The Ultimate Coach Book, and more. Simply go now to www.theultimatecoachbook.com. That's www.theultimatecoachbook.com. The link is also available in the show notes. We appreciate your support. Be blessed. Be you.